Welcome to Talking News. We are delighted to have you with us listening to our presentation by members of the Beach Street Center, Martha, Marion, and Jonathan. We will be reading local news and happenings from the community newspaper. New Restaurant Coming to Belmont Center by Joanna K. Tuvelis. It's been four years since Macy's in Belmont Center closed. The building, owned by Locatelli Properties, has been completely renovated and now officially has five new tenants. Foodies, Belmont Books, Didrick's, Local Root, and most recently, the owners of Il Casale Cucina Italiana announced they will be opening an additional restaurant in the new building. Owned by the De Magistris Brothers, the restaurant will occupy 3,500 square feet and open in the fall. We see this location as an opportunity to further establish Belmont Center as a dining destination and offer more options with broad appeal for locals and surrounding communities. We look forward to sharing our new restaurant with you soon, said Damien de Magistris. De, de Magistris co-owns two Casali in Belmont and Lexington and restaurant Dante Restaurant in Cambridge with his brother Filippo de Magistris and Dante de Magistris. Damien said there are, they are in the very critical early phase of planning that will determine some key features of the restaurant, which will not be Italian like the other three locations of the brothers co, uh, that, that the brothers co-own. Foodie's 10,000 square foot market will open May 8. A grand opening celebration is planned for May 15 to 20. Belmont Books opening this spring or summer. We still don't have a firm opening date, although the construction is going along very well. Unexpected problems may arise and we're still dependent on the schedule of inspection and permitting people. We plan to have a table out in front on town day, whether or not our store is open. We've had great success in hiring staff for the bookstore. Lots of terrific applicants, all of whom are very excited and ready to get started, said Kathleen Crowley, co-owner of Belmont Books. Other tenant announcements are expected in the next several weeks. From the outset, we hope to have a diverse mix of independent, high-quality tenants in this prime location in Belmont Center, said Kevin Foley, manager of Locatelli Properties. We are excited that our first five tenants are independent, high-quality retailers and restaurateurs who will complement the quality 
of the town center. The newly renovated building features new storefront entrances and facades. On the rear of the building, a new customer elevator, new quality upgrades, and a complete interior renovation from floor to ceiling. The Leonard Street side of the building retains many of the original details with restoration of storefront windows which were covered during Filene's and Macy's occupancy of the building. Jonathan? School hosts District Attorney Marion Ryan. At Belmont Hill School's speaker series, Middlesex District Attorney Marion Ryan addressed 40 women on the evolution of the role of women prosecutors and the initiatives the Middlesex District Attorney's Office has created that focus on prevention and resiliency in the community. <clears throat> Ryan is committed to taking steps toward prevention at its most basic form, working at the community level to enable public-private partnerships to facilitate non-traditional outreach and education initiatives on a wide range of topics, including protecting children from birth through college and elder safety. Her remarks focused on sharing personal experiences about the strength she witnessed from survivors and their families over her 30-year career as a prosecutor and the perseverance of victims, often young and school-aged children, in the face of traumatic events. This experience led to the creation of Project CARE, a first-of-its-kind public-private partnership to immediately health, health services for children who experience opioid-related trauma. Research indicates that almost all children experience acute distress immediately after exposure to a traumatic life event, such as a parent or loved one experiencing an opioid overdose, and, ear and early intervention is key to building resiliency. Additionally, <clears throat> in response to the impact of the opioid in, in, in epidemic in seniors, in Middlesex County, Ryan discussed the Middlesex District Attorney Office Grandparent Program, a countrywide initiative designed to educate seniors in Middlesex County about how to manage their prescription medication, keep medication safe from theft, properly dispose of unused or expired medication, and identify signs of drug addiction in loved ones. Ryan also discussed the launch uh, adult diversity, diversity program, which is available for individuals charged with possession, drug offense, or other companion charges in any of the communities served to the Lowell District Court. By making this program available prior to arraignment, participants will be able to avoid the, the charge on their criminal record a known barrier to job and housing placement for people in recovery. A career prosecutor, Ryan is committed to community outreach. As the only female district attorney in the state of Massachusetts, Ryan is committed through her volunteer work with the Women's Bar Foundation 
to mentoring women lawyers and law students as they begin their legal careers. She regularly lectures and leads world, worldwide shops on workplace safety, the dangers of prescription drug abuse, teen dating violence, anti-bullying, and distracted driving was acknowledged for her leadership in the opioid crisis and on developing initiatives aimed at keeping seniors and children protected. Marion? Raising Resilient Children by Christy Armstrong. Your teenager comes in the front door with a scowl on his face and a monosyllabic reply to your, are you okay, honey, as he stomps upstairs. Your eight-year-old has a full-blown meltdown because she thinks she can't do her math homework. Your middle schooler seems to have the weight of the world on her shoulders and won't get out of bed in the morning, but when you try to talk to her, she shuts down. As a parent, you might not know what the best way is to respond to situations like this. As a teacher, guidance counselor, school staff member, or coach, you might also be at a loss. These kinds of scenarios and the issues they pose were some of what was discussed at the recent Social and Emotional Learning Forum, Raising Resilient Kids. The presentations at Chenery Middle School and Belmont High School on April 3rd and April 5th, led by author and consultant Rachel Polliner and Assistant Superintendent Janice Darius, focused on learning about resilience, how to foster it at, a, at home, and how it is being fostered in the Belmont Public Schools. Don't just survive, thrive. The Social and Emotional Learning Initiative in Belmont, spearheaded by Darius, was created in early 2015 to provide educators and staff with the training and tools to help change the high-stress atmosphere in the Belmont public schools. Implementing the initiative was dependent on the 2015 override, and when that passed, the school administration was able to move ahead with professional development and facilitation skills for teachers and staff. Substantial additional support came from the Foundation for Belmont Education, which has funded all elements of Polliner's work and involvement with the Belmont Public Schools for the past two years. At her presentations, Polliner began by discussing what resilience is not. Resilience isn't just surviving, she said, it's thriving. Anxiety, depression, and high pressure. Since the Belmont community has very high academic standards, students in all grades feel significant pressure to perform and excel. In, the, in that current climate of high expectations and doing it all, children are experiencing an increased level of stress anxiety, depression, and mental health issues. Telling children to be more resilient isn't the solution to enormous burdens and stress, Polymer emphasized. Students need to learn the skills to be able to cope with these issues, and schools and parents need to learn how to help create an environment of connectedness and caring and reduce the atmosphere of pressure. Four key skills. Polliner outlined four skills that foster resilience. 
listening and diffusing, which involves listening to a child's perspective and reflecting back something about what you hear instead of arguing a given point or criticizing. Appreciative coaching, which is an inquiry-based way of giving kids personal, positive feedback to help them figure out what they are good at and believe in themselves. Scaffolding questions, where instead of doing or directing your child, you ask them questions so their brain is working out the problem or task. And asset-based feedback, in which parents name specific efforts and qualities when praising their children, instead of using catch-all, good job type phrases. One key element of empowering resiliency is acknowledging and recognizing that children are whole people and need to be responded to as such in order to build a sound and confident self-identity, Polliner says. This self-worth manifests itself in the personal strength of social competence, problem-solving, autonomy, and sense of purpose. In everyday practice, this means adults need to be supporting, risking, risk-taking, not focusing on grades, and encouraging a growth mindset, according to Polliner. Teachers have responded very positively to the social and emotional learning initiative, according to Assistant Superintendent Darius. Martha? First in Belmont, host rummage sale. First Church in Belmont, Unitarian Universalist, will hold its 74th annual rummage sale from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. April 29th at 404 Concord Avenue. Since the 1950s, church members have come together to volunteer at the annual rummage sale, which had its origins in the 1890s with the Lend a Hand Society, a denomination-wide social outreach program to assist people in need. The rummage sale continues to benefit people in need. Typically, the sale nets between $5,000 and $7,000. The proceeds from this year's rummage sale will be divided between the church's Social Action Committee and First Church's partnership with a church in Romania. A portion of the proceeds will also be based to fund repairs to stained glass windows in the church's sanctuary. This year, some of the organizations with which the Social Action Committee works will receive donated works from the, from the good sale. Any unusual items are donated to a variety of local churches. Close to 100 volunteers will have a hand in the First Church rummage sale this year. This Earth Day will find church members recycling things by donating them to the rummage sale, knowing that both shoppers and recipients of the proceeds will benefit and that nothing will go to waste. Belmont Police to host Drug Take Back Day. The Belmont Police Department, in conjunction with 
the Belmont Auxiliary Police and the DEA will host a prescription drug take-back initiative to prevent the abuse and theft of old, unused, and expired prescription drugs at 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. April 29th at the DPW Yard, 37C Street. These drugs are susceptible to misuse by family and friends. In addition, they can be improperly disposed and end up in the environment, posing a potential health hazard. The Belmont Police will have a collection point set up for old or unused prescription drugs, no liquids, which may be dropped off off for free with no questions asked. They also have a permanent prescription drug collection kiosk located in the lobby of the police station that is accessible 24-7. Jonathan? Temple honors Rabbi Earl Grohlman by Thelma Leffer. On April 1st, Bethel Temple Center in Belmont paid tribute to Earl Grohlman, its Rabbi Emeritus, for his 65 years of affiliation. He served for 36 years as Rabbi for the Congregation, which is affiliated with the Union for Reform Judaism. The Belmont Synagogue has over 350 mem members. The tribute to R Rabbi Goldman was performed at the center's well-attended spring 2017 fundraising gala. <clears throat> Introducing him, Richard Vallon commented that Rabbi Goldman embodies every sense of the word rabbi and that he is the essence of both a friend and a teacher. Goldman has been a grieving, healing, and crisis intervention pioneer. He received a Lifetime Achievement Award in Hollywood in 2013 from the Association for Death Education and Counseling. A past president of the Massachusetts Board of Rabbis, he has been cited as hero of the heartland for his work with the Hulk Oklahoma City bombing. Additionally, Grohlman was named Person of the Year by the National Center for Death Education and received the Lifetime Achievement Award from Children's Hospice International, the Father of the Flame Award from the World Gathering of Bereavement, the Distinguished Human Service Award from Yeshiva University, and the Avery Weissman Award from the American Institute of Life-Threatening Illness. He has served as chairperson of the Massachusetts Ecumenical Council on Health and Morality and as a member of the advisory board of the Foundation of Thanatology at Columbia Presbyterian Medical Center of New York. He has been a grievance speaker at several Harvard teaching hospitals and as a crisis intervention lecturer at many colleges in the Boston-Cambridge area. For his continuous work with Native Americans on suicide, the Blackfoot Indians made him an honorary member. Rabbi Grohlman has authored 27 books published by Beacon Press in Boston, which have been translated into a number of foreign languages and have sales of almost one million books. His book, Talking About Death, 
received the UNESCO Award of the International Children and Youth Book Exhibition in, in Munich. Marion? Baghdadi Reflects on His Municipal Service by Joanna K. Zuvalis. Sammy Baghdadi has no regrets about his past three years serving as a member of the Belmont Board of Selectmen. His last meeting as selectman was April 3rd. Adam Dash and Guy Carbone ran for Baghdadi's seat in the town election on April 4th. Baghdadi endorsed Carbone in a telephone campaign the night before the election. Dash won the election. Baghdadi had an Baghdadi, an attorney with his own private practice, Baghdadi Law Offices in Arlington, is proud of what he accomplished with his fellow board members during his term, including the completion of the Belmont Center project, road and sidewalk repairs, building the Underwood Pool, the sale of the Woodfall Road property, the sale of the municipal lot for the Cushing Village project, preventing the closure of the Waverly Square train station by the MBTA, and much more. He recently sat down with the Belmont Citizen Herald and reflected on his municipal service. Why did you run for selectman in 2013? There were matters that were before the town that, if not approached correctly, could jeopardize an opportunity for the town like Cushing Village that needed my expertise on the board. I felt like that was a good time to run. I'm happy that such things that caused me to run have been accomplished successfully. Why did you decide not to run again? Being a selectman and doing the job right takes a lot of time and there's only so much time in a day. I have a very busy practice. I have five kids. When I was chairman of the board, there were days when I was working five or six hours on town business. The sacrifice was my practice and my family. In three years, my eight-year-old becomes 11, and those are valuable years. We got blessed with a young child 14 years after our first child, and to be able to relive the young years again after you've gone through it before is a joy and a blessing and that's what I was losing out on. I loved serving the town. I served the town because I like to help people. It really is a labor of love. But at this point in my career and in my life, what my priority is, is truly my family and my practice. I'm happy to say I did accomplish what I set out to accomplish. When you look back at your last three years as selectman, what is your biggest regret? As far as town business, I have no regrets. Are there things I would have done differently? Of course. The first three years are a learning process. Are there board decisions that maybe we should have slowed a little and had more public process on? Yes. If I were to do things over again, I would have had more public process on the reconfiguration of the Belmont Green and Belmont Center. We were under pressure because the contractor wanted to get the contract signed and proceed with the work, and that couldn't be done until the plans were finalized. 
At the time, I was told by our staff, we need to move fast. We held the forum and the selectmen voted at the end of the forum to adopt the plan with the narrow pass through. The whole special town meeting process delayed things for months. If I were to do things differently, I would not have succumbed to the pressure of having to sign the contract with the contractor to commence the work. I would have said, let's not vote tonight. Let's wait a couple of weeks and get more public input before making a decision. At the time, we felt a lot of pressure to move faster. Martha? Panel to talk about sexual assault. The Belmont High School Parent-Teacher Organization will present sexual assault and Title IX, what every student and parent needs to know from 7 to 8.30 p.m. April 26th, Belmont High School, 221 Concord Avenue, Belmont, with more daily news stories about sexual assaults, especially on college campuses. The Belmont High School PTO has organized a panel of experts to talk about the legal, social, and health aspects of sexual assault and other forms of sex discrimination that occur in connection with education. Presenters include Annie Lewis O'Connor, instructor at Harvard Medical School, director of CARE Clinic, Brigham and Women's Hospital Research Associate, Connor Center for Women's Health and Gender Biology. Wendy Murphy, Director, Women's and Children's Advocacy Project Center for Law and Social Responsibilities and Adjunct Professor of Social Violence Law at New England Law, Boston. And Ben Atherton Zaintman, presenter on anti-violence and masculinity, whose work has been performed in 46 states. The event, co-sponsored by the Belmont Women's Club and the Parent-Teacher Student Association, is free and open to the general public. A question and answer period for students and parents will follow. Jonathan? Aerial application set for Belmont. The East Middlesex Mosquito Control Project will conduct a helicopter application of the biological larvicide BTI to control mosquito larvae between April 18th and 27th over wetland areas of the Beaverbrook Reservation in Belmont adjacent to Concord Ave. The, the BTI will be applied in a granular formulation by a helicopter flying low directly over the wetland. Residents do not need to take any special precautions for this application. The material to be applied, BTI, is a natural bacterium found in soil. The EPA classifies BTI as a relatively non-toxic pesticide. BTI is considered a target-selective and environmentally compatible pesticide that affects mosquito larvae and a few closely related 
aquatic insects on the fly family. Once applied, BTI stays suspended in water for 24 to 48 hours and then biodegrades as it settles to the bottom. Marion? Students hold Diversity Week. On April 4th, Belmont High School hosted Urban Improv, an interactive program for young people that uses structured improvisational theater to teach violence prevention, conflict resolution, and decision making. It was part of the high school's diversity week where the school brought in different speakers, workshops, and presentations to celebrate difference and understand topics that fall under the umbrella of diversity. More than 400 students at Belmont High School participated in the assembly where the urban improv troupe of actor educators demonstrated their proven rehearsal for life methodology performing interactive scenes on the topics of racism and stereotyping. Throughout the assembly, the actor educators presented scenes that showed racism, prejudice, and microaggression, as well as stereotyping based on the speech, ethnicity, and appearance of individuals. At one point during each scene, the urban improv actor educators would freeze the situation, allowing students to discuss what was going on and to ask questions. Students were invited into the scenes to take control of the direction and outcome of the scene. As a community, it's important that staff and students engage in conversations about diversity and race, even though they can be uncomfortable to speak about, said Ezra Flam, theater director at Belmont High School. Having urban improv come in was meaningful to our students because it allowed them to discuss a topic that we don't often address in formal ways at Belmont High School. Urban Improv works with different schools around Massachusetts using improvisational theater to discuss topics with youth. The program's curriculum helps students deal with issues in their lives. Martha? Thank you for joining us for this episode of Talking News. Please join us next week.